And you have to understand from the tiniest insect, even from a, a bacteria uh, or, or, or even a virus, all the way up to, you know, uh, uh, galaxies and clusters of galaxies and superclusters of galaxies and walls of galaxies, God is in it. It's another great day here on the Isle of Misfits. No, scratch that. It is a spectacular day. That's the only way to describe it when you're talking to Dr. Michael Gillen, or as we like to call him around here, Dr. G. And if you've hung around long enough, you know why I'm using the word spectacular when I speak of Dr. G. Let's see, where do I start? ABC, science editors and his resume, Harvard astrophysicist, uh, contributor to Science News, Psychology Today, New York Times, Washington Post, among others, author, movie director, producer, and currently president of Spectacular Science. See what I did there? Spectacular Science Productions and Spectacular Science Foundation. I could go on and on, but here we are. Here he is talking to us, taking the time to visit us here on the aisle. Like I said, it is a spectacular day. So welcome back to the Isle of Misfits, Dr. G. Well, wow. Thank you so much, Nancy, and praise Jesus for this wonderful day. I'm here at the ranch, uh, Rancho Milagro in North Texas, and the sun is just, just blasting through the window. It's a beautiful new day. Um, praise the Lord. And sitting here with my Isle of Misfits mug. And Me some too. hot tea and really looking forward to this. You are a joy. I can tell you, I do lots of interviews with lots of people all over the world. And I, I can genuinely tell I'm sitting here with a big, big smile on my face. And we haven't even started our conversation. But thank you for having me on the show. I always enjoy talking with you. Always. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm always thrilled when you come back and and slightly just flummoxed that oh here he, he's back again. So I'm I'm just yeah. So just really I'm back. <laughs> back. So so all right. So the sun is shining in Texas. I can tell you it's shining here in Buffalo. I bet we're a few degrees cooler than you though. But it's always nice yeah, when the sun is shining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when yeah. I went to Cornell, not too far from Buffalo, this is true. Uh, I know the weather up there and, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to be getting some snow, serious snow. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we get to talk about Jesus and we get to talk about life. And uh, I, um, there's just no better way to, to spend life. I, I, when you were introducing me, I, I was thinking to myself, uh, yeah, but I'm still that kid from East L.A. Um, you know, and it really... You know, and all I wanted to be was a scientist, and then I did all these other things, and it's still almost like a, I don't know, a dream for me, um, but it was my destiny, and I just praise God for all of it. But in, in my heart, I'm still just that kid from East L.A., and I want to stay that way. I uh, There's just so much elitism in the world today, and I hate it. Um, I just, I I still identify myself as that kid, that little Mexican kid from East LA. So here we are, Nancy, a couple of misfits, are. right? And just looking forward to our conversation. Anyway, let's get going because I know we've got good stuff to talk about. We do, we do. And yeah, so I I just want I want to start out by asking how you are, but I think I'm gonna do it in a 
in a slightly uh, misfit way. So okay. I warned you ahead of time. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> I always, you know. I'm always <laughs> warned when I, whenever I'm going on your show, but I love it. It's a, yeah, it's a great game kind of alert. Warning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, so this is what we're gonna do by way of just telling telling us what's new with you. So I gotta here's your here's your stupid game today. We've done let me see we've done in the archives of stupid games. We've tested you on your time in Ithaca, New York, yep. Yep. Uh, and I believe we tested you on your own book, right? Your the yep. the last book, uh, Seeing Is Believing. So today. I follow you on Instagram, just so you know. And uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to test you on your own Instagram account. So I'm going to ask you some questions that I'm pretty sure you know the answer to because you put them on your Instagram account. So, all right. So, how's about that? I I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Go for it. Give it you your best shot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, question number one: Of all the major cities you've lived and worked in your favorite is dot 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 yeah you know and when i posted that i i was i was ready for some blowback from people because you know whenever you say this is my favorite that's true um, everybody else inevit feels right out. inevitably you're going to have people like how dare he say that's his favorite but Triggered. in this case um yeah it's boston and boston. um i have lived in wonderful cities i mean you know right now in dallas fort worth area we've lived in nashville we've lived in los angeles we've lived in malibu uh we've lived you in, like boston more than malibu yeah yeah don't get me started yeah, yeah because i you know i don't want this to turn into a psychotherapy session but i'll just <laughs> tell you this i the, i i love boston because i can identify with its kind of academic persona Sure. Yes. Malibu yeah. Barbie probably doesn't. Yeah. Have that. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Malibu just no. Uh, there are a lot of things I love about Malibu. And we, you know, I was a member still am technically a member of Malibu. Well, it was called Me Malibu Presbyterian Church back then. They changed their name to Malibu Pacific Church. And I'll tell you, the people there just to this day are some of my favorite people in the world. But Boston for me, and not only the academic tradition there, which is fantastic, you know, Harvard right on the Charles River, so picturesque. I mean, it's like something there were there would be times when I would be walking to class, especially in a fall day, like around this time of year, and the leaves would be falling and the sun would be coming through. And I would be walking across Harvard Yard and thinking, my gosh, I'm I'm walking through a movie set. You know, it's almost like the the movie Love Story, which was set at Harvard. But then, you know, upriver you have um, MIT, and then you have the Museum of Science. It's just everything I can identify with because this at my true. heart, I'm still an academic. And and then on top of that, the, just the rich history, uh, American history there. You know, the North Church is still there. One if by what if one if by land, two if by sea. I think I, I have that right. You, you know, and we and we've been to Concord Green and and heard the shot heard around the world recreated. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I just love, I just love Boston. It's um, it's a beautiful city, um, and a city full of beautiful history. And um, I believe it still holds the title of having more students per capita than anywhere else. Now, unfortunately, these days, college students don't have a great reputation. <laughs> There's a few uh, good left. Yeah, but I, but you, I don't want right. yeah. to go there. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, so Boston, I would say Boston. Okay. Okay. I think you've 
presented a very compelling case. Thank you. So Thank we you. we approve. So yeah. even <laughs> even the fine people of Malibu, I don't think <laughs> have an argument. So all right. Well, now that we know how you really feel, all right. Question number two, and I this is this could I I could be overstepping here because all right. I'm just going to ask the question, and you can Go answer it. it or not. Or you it. can uh, defer. <laughs> Why is the number six so very, very special? Yeah, you know, um, the the reason the number six is very, very special is because if you look at the periodic uh, uh, table of elements, chemical elements, <clears throat> you know, number one is hydrogen and so forth, and so on. number two is helium, and you go down down the list, you get to number six, and that's carbon. And the reason that is very, very special, because unlike um, nearly every other element, carbon is actually unique in the sense that it can it can hook up in long chains. It can create long chain molecules, one of which is, you know, DNA. You know, so it, carbon is the really the backbone of all organic chemicals, which in organic chemicals are the backbone of all life on Earth and who knows life elsewhere in the universe. So number six <clears throat> is very, very special uh, for that reason. If that chemical element number six did not exist, guess what? You and I wouldn't, wouldn't exist. The Isle of Misfits wouldn't exist. This radio show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be having this conversation all because of number six. So we owe it all the carbon. a deeper issue here, Nancy, and that is... Um, why is it that mathematics, which is extremely abstract, why is it that it has, why is it so effective at describing down-to-earth reality? If it's, if it's way up there in the abstract universe, why is it so practical? And that is a question nobody's been able to answer. It's, it's, a, it's a huge question within the scientific community. Why is it that our equations are so doggone good at describing real life. Why? You would, mm -hmm. the, you know, the simple-minded answer is, well, because maybe life is fundamentally mathematical. Maybe God, when God was laying out the plans for the universe, maybe God is a fundamentally mathematical creature. And that's a possibility. And, you know, I've written and done podcasts in the past where I contemplated that question. So, but I don't want to get into that. The, the point is the number six is extremely important to us because we wouldn't be around for uh, chemical element number six, carbon. So that, you know, um, thank you for answering that because the reason I thought maybe you wouldn't because in your, in your Instagram post, I think you were, you were um, leading people to, I think you were doing like a, a podcast or a live uh to describe it so thank you yeah for, yeah so um i like to tease people yeah, now and again yeah, with that's posts, good you know get that's them really thinking, good so, yeah right? so i didn't want to ruin the tease but yeah you know um i've heard the word elegance right in reference to mathematical equations or scientific things right if it's, uh, when it's elegant it's it's not simplistic but this but like you said the practicality of it the the um and I'm I'm in over my head already because I'm not a scientist, but but what you said is you know is the fundamental just that it is accessible and not beyond beyond our understanding. 
Right. And and no, you're ab you're absolutely right. And it's interesting there was a a very famous scientist. I actually got to interview him when he was 80 years old and it was the last major interview he did. His name was Paul Dirac, PAM Dirac. It was a British uh, one of the greats, um really one of the scientists who helped pioneer the quantum quantum theory. So he was, you know, colleagues of Einstein and Bohr and Heisenberg and all the other Schrodinger, all the great names that we associate with quantum theory. So uh, Professor Dirac was being his 80th birthday was being celebrated at LSU in in Louisiana. I was a cub reporter at Science News Magazine, and I pleaded with the editor to let me go to Louisiana to interview him because he really was one of the last surviving scientists of that era. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> I I was given permission to do that. I'll never forget the interview. And Dirac is famous for speaking about the beauty of mathematics. Mm -hmm. What you have to understand, it's very apropos of what we're talking about right now, is that when Dirac was doing a calculation one day, uh, a quantum mechanical calculation, strictly mathematical, strictly abstract, you know, pie in the sky, way up there, head in the clouds stuff, right? He, he came to an equation that had two solutions, one positive and one negative. And he thought to himself, okay, well, the positive solution, you know, corresponds to electro, uh, to, um, to protons, right? And, uh, and, and other subatomic particles. And then he stopped, and then he didn't stop there. He said to himself, but I wonder what the negative solution corresponds to. What could it possibly correspond to? And he uh, predicted that it would correspond to something called antimatter, which up until then had never been talked about. Mm. And he, he made the prediction, you know what? I believe based on just my equations, just on the fact that my equations have two solutions, a positive one and a negative one. The positive solution corresponds to just ordinary matter of all kinds, right? The negative solution I predict corresponds to something that has yet to be discovered, but I bet if we look hard enough, we will discover it, and I'm going to call it antimatter. And you know, like within a year or so, scientists went out and they found antimatter. Now, boom! How is it that a mathematical equation that has nothing to do in principle with reality, it's just chicken scratches on paper, it's just us inventing something, right? Mathematics is a strictly human invention. It's one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. What does that have to do with reality? Mm. And, and so that was a, that was kind of the quintessential example of the, this mystery that has puzzled us to this day. Why, why is mathematics so doggone good at describing the universe? And is God, does this mean that God is a fundamentally mathematical creature? Hmm. Um, spoiler alert, he's more than that. And I've talked about that, but he is, there's some aspect of God that reasons mathematically. There's some aspect of God that thinks mathematically. Oh, and so yeah. you have like the number six that is very, very special. And there are others, there are other numbers like pi, you know, uh, the, 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 the number pi. Don't even get me started about pi. Why is that number so important to describing the universe? It's an, it's what we call, um, uh, an irrational number. And, and yet it has just a pivotal role in describing so much about real life, things that you and I do every day. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, 
That's yeah. the, the, so you get me started with just a question like, why is the number six? And hey, I'm and just sitting back and letting you go because this is um, we're learning things here today. But you know, you know when you when you said yeah, it's like so mathematics these equations can can describe and even predict reality, right? As as yes. uh, as Doctor directed, um, and I would say really it's reflective of reality, right? Because yes. it didn't invent reality, but it's a reflection of as like like you said, who God is. Yes, God is mathematical in nature. He you know because of who he is he's so much yeah. more than that yes. but anything that is real is reflective of who of what his nature is so i yeah. love that and even the number six like right away i'm thinking as you're talking oh yes and on the sixth day right yeah. that was the yeah yes yeah of creation wow yeah. what a coincidence yeah. And you know, and, and this is this phenomenon has been noticed for a long time. You go back to Pythagoras, um, and uh, he he actually developed a whole religion based on numbers. He believed that every number, you know, from one to whatever, they didn't believe in infinity back then, you know, but one, two, three, four, five. He assigned a meaning to every single number. Now, you know, today we don't we kind of shrug that Pythagorean religion off a little bit but still numbers are are extremely important to god and you even you know oh, yes. even in the bible right the the number 40 the number seven there are the number oh yeah right the, the number three you know, the number 12 yeah yeah the the yeah. number numbers in the bible are extremely important so look we could do a whole show on it and maybe one day we will because we're just scratching the surface but i think your listeners um get it that you know that's why science has be, been so successful because its vocabulary its language is math and it just so happens that math is the perfect language to describe nature up to a point so i want to make sure that people understand that there's a point at which real life departs from math and that's when it really gets interesting but we don't want to go down that rabbit hole i don't think so because we will use up all our time <laughs> <laughs> well and as i i love love the idea let's yeah let's uh let's put a pin in this discussion maybe we can have you back and talk about that because um like i said i'm just sitting back i'm i'm this this is fascinating to me and i can't wait for my husband to hear all this because yeah he's he's more in your league than i am as you know as far as science and math goes but um i got but one more question badly at all I, I you know i mean i look you're the one who started it with the question <laughs> <for six>. <laughs> <laughs> well you're very gracious so all right but you're right so and i have one more question um and then i do want to get into um you know the book that we're that yeah. we haven't even begun to discuss um so <laughs> all right so we're gonna slide right into it but i got one more question um yeah. this is all right if i say the word accelerize media or the those are two words so what is what is accelerize media well i'm glad you asked because in your introduction you spoke about my being the the C, the president uh, and ceo of spectacular science productions and spectacular science foundation and that's true but just uh this year um just mere months ago we announced that um three partners and i have uh, started a new, uh, really a bold and exciting new production company, entertainment company called Accelerize Media. And again, you know, we don't want to use up our time. I'd love to come back and talk to you about what we propose to do. Um, we 
we're in the, in the throes of the of this launch, um, and we have many more exciting announcements to make uh, towards the end of this year, at the beginning of next year for sure. Um, but the short the short answer is Accelerize Media. Um, the word Accelerize <clears throat> is composed. It's a kind of a mashup of two words: Accelerate and Arise. The word accelerate means that we're not out to just do one or two movies or one or two TV shows. Um, we, we, we perceive the, and the enormous need out there right now for, for entertainment that, uh, helps you to feel what we call eudaimonia. And that's a, that's an ancient Greek word that refers to the thriving life. It's credited to Aristotle. The but the word, say eudaimonia, that word again, eudaimonia. Yeah, eudaimonia, E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A. Uh, -A. Look it up. Uh, you can Google the word eudaimonia. It's a, it's a strange word, word most people have never heard of. But when we were um, conceiving our new company, Accelerize Media, we thought, well, what? how do we want to describe the kind of content we want to produce? And yeah, you can say, well, it was in, it's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's this, it's that, it's faith, it's family, it's it's wholesome, it's whatever, right? And and it's all that. But I'm the one who, during our one of our first founders meetings, said, well, what about the word eudaimonia? And they all kind of like eudawa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, so, <laughs> uh, and I and we were we were funny. You the man, you the man, you the man. Tell us what does eudaimonia mean? And so I gave him a little quick tutorial. And so we made the decision that um, this is how we're going to brand our content. And so basically, it's a thriving life for us Christians. It's it's a life filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a life filled with uh, the the fruits of the Spirit. It's the thriving life. It's the life that Jesus promises us. And so um, we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be doing uh, TV shows. We're going to do nonfiction, fiction, uh, full-length uh, movies and so forth. And we're really excited. We've got a slate of about 20 projects already. So that's the Accelerate. We don't want to drip, drip and drab. Well, we're going to come out with one movie. And then, hey, three years from now, we'll come out with another movie. No, we need to flood the market with this kind of eudaimonic content because it's desperately needed right now. Um, you know, my wife and I, Laurel and I will, uh, on a Friday night feel like just sitting and watching a movie. And, you know, we have all the streamers, although we just canceled Netflix. We just don't like what it shows, but we have a lot of streamers and, and we just can't find anything good to watch. Oh, it's true. It takes right? as long to find a movie oh, <laughs> to watch yes, a movie, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That happened to us last night. We wanted to just watch a nice Christmas movie and we just, we, we watched trailer after trailer after trailer. And I mean, it was like 20 minutes in and we still hadn't found a movie we wanted to spend an hour and a half to watch. And finally, we watched that we found this one movie made in 1999. I think it was called A Holiday Something or Other. And it was with uh, Naomi Judd and Gerald Rainey or Gerald, what, what is that great actor? Oh, from Simon and Simon? Yeah, something like that. that anyway, yeah, it was, yeah. oh, it was just wonderful. It was, oh, just, oh, well, I think I'm recommending it, but you persevered and you found something. Well, but it yeah. shouldn't take 20 minutes exactly. to, you know, exactly. to find a movie. And so, accelerize. And then uh, the, the word arise is a reference to eudaimonia. It's going to, it's going to give you a feeling of just rising up and, mm -hmm. 
feeling good about being alive and feeling good about being human and which is hard to do these days given the headlines we're all reading it's just terrible what's going on in the world so we're really excited and yeah. as i say stay tuned on instagram and all my other socials in fact in just a matter of days we're going to be unveiling a whole new look across the board all my social medias i'm on twitter facebook instagram and and linkedin we've got a team of people working right now and they're putting the finishing touches on the new look on my social media platforms we're going to be unveiling that in a matter of days i think so all right be, yeah well i'm down with that i'm down with the thriving life being filled yep. with the holy spirit right the yes. life of jesus power, yes. all those things i'm completely yep. down with so i'm yep. looking forward to seeing so will this be like a, a platform like a, like a paramount or like another another streaming app no we're actually going to be working with all uh we're already i mean we have people taking we have uh uh people within our company that are taking meetings with amazon prime with paramount plus with disney plus with uh oh so you're going to put yourself out to all the other streaming. oh yeah oh yeah uh, oh, there's, a, there's a there brilliant. are new yeah. there are new yeah. platforms coming out right now we're working right. with all of them and yeah and then and there will be theatrical releases we'll have fathom events we i mean we are we are thinking but no this is mainstream this is not christian ghetto this is mainstream we want to influence the culture we want to offer the culture the wide broad culture um a better alternative to what exists out there all I right. mean, again, we could do a whole show on this, but we we see ourselves as a. We've got two shows now, right? Two, yeah, we, two shows right. spawned have, off of this. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we we want uh, we want to bring people together. You know, in the old days when I was young, and there were only three networks, right? And there would be a really great show on or a good movie, like maybe Disney on Sunday night would have a a, a movie to show for the whole family or. There were things that would br bring the country together and we would all watch it and then the yep. following morning we would talk about it well now we're so splintered we're so devised but we are now going to create content that's going to bring pre people together because who you know whether you're liberal conservative whether you're an atheist or you're a christian or a muslim who doesn't want to feel good about being alive and right. so we we want content that definitely christians will love to watch but not just christians we really believe that we have a, a way of creating content that will bring people together that will 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 bring our country together mm -hmm. and one of my i mean my three partners by the way are very experienced one of them was a senior disney executive another one has worked with all the major studios on and on and on so these are heavyweights um and we are we are very serious we feel called to do this, this is not something that any of us woke up one morning and say, hey, you know what? We're not busy enough. We need something else to do, which is ridiculous yeah. because we're all super busy. No, these are all Christian men and women, solidly Christian. I mean, not just Sunday morning Christians. You know, these are serious people. And um, we all felt called to do this. So we're giving it all our all in all. Accelerize Media. In fact, you can go online, accelerizemedia.com. We have a preliminary website and look at our new logo. We hired a top-notch Hollywood company. I mean, top-notch, top-notch Hollywood company to do our animated logo. And I'm so thrilled with it. It's beautiful. So go to accelerizemedia.com. A-C-C-E-L. A R I arise, Excel arise, arise media.com. Media. Anyway. 
<laughs> All right, I'm on board. I'm on yes, board. That is exciting. Yes, it is. Really, one of the most exciting things I've ever done, uh, Nancy. And I've done some pretty yeah. great things, yeah. Yeah, you have. So speaking of exciting and some pretty great things, let's let's talk a little bit about the book that we haven't even mentioned yet. So I'll mention the name, and then I'm just going to let you go because I um. So the book is called "Let Creation Speak," and this is I what I there's just so much that I love. Yeah about this book um it's so i'll give you my take right so yeah this is please because i'm i'm the reader so maybe so i don't know if i'm representative of of your average reader but so so this seems to be like almost almost or maybe intentionally written sort of like a, a devotional in in a devotional format and but i don't want people to tune out when they oh devotional no, but it's a hundred invitations and really what they're scientific fun facts right about yeah. just different aspects of of our wonderful world that we're living in whether it's jellyfish or surviving in the antarctic or string theory like all these different fun facts a reflection and yep. then scripture so it's like yep. a reverse devotional because usually devotionals are you know that you have the scripture first and the nice little thought but you kind of reverse that um so i love that and I just, I have these two more things to say, and then I really, truly just want to let you loose. Um, I noticed this in the, in the introduction. There were two shout outs to the previous book that we talked about, the uh, Believing is Seeing. Um, you talked about translogic. I heard it. I heard that term. Um, yeah. and, and, and that shout out to Romans 12, right? About changing the way you think. And I remember having a conversation about that. So, um, so yeah, I'm really digging this. The, I think this is great because you can read it, you know, you can read it in a linear fashion or you can just say, Oh, I want to find out about, you know, uh, immortal jellyfish or, you know, so yeah. I love the title. So let me, let me, so did you have, is this probably not a fair question? Do you have a favorite among them, among your 100 children? That you yeah. <laughs> oh, I do. I have so many favorites, but yeah. first of all, I have to say the title is let creation speak exclamation mark. Ex oh, I forgot the exclamation mark. You're right. Very important. Mark, we actually, uh, the, the book is published by Tyndale. And, it, and to some degree, it was the brainchild of uh, me and uh, uh, Jan uh, Long Harris, who is a very senior executive at Tyndale. I've known Jan for many, many years. We've been wanting to work together on books uh, for many, many years. Our first one together was Believing a Scene, which was just a runaway bestseller. It's still selling like hotcakes. Well, um, I've been loving giving that book out to people, by the way. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a winner in every sense of the word. Um, it's just my recounting my journey from atheism to Christianity, and it's being read by atheists, Muslims. Christians, of course, yes. Um, but anyway, it, enough about that. But so when Jan and I were putting our heads together and said, okay, she said, you know, we, we want another book from you. And I said, well, you know, Jan, I'm, I'm starting a production company. I don't know if I have time, honestly. It was just, I, we were just starting with Accelerized Media. And, uh, but as we talked, um, I said, well, you know, one thing I would be interested in doing is just, uh, opening people's eyes. Let me back up by saying, you know, I chuckle when everybody and anybody ever tells me, well, I can't believe in God because I don't see any evidence for him. 
Well, just look around. The entire universe is evidence for God. You know, right? I mean, it's like right. Romans 1.20, for ever since the world was created, created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. And this last sentence is for me the kicker. So they have what? No excuse yes. for yeah. not knowing God. So when somebody says to me, I can't believe in God because I don't see any evidence for him. Just look around you. And I told Jan that I said, you know, I'd love to write like just a collection of short essays about the plants and the animal and animals and the and the natural phenomena of the world. The things that I've learned over the you know decades of being a scientist and getting to have an intimate relationship with not just the universe but the creator of the universe and uh, she says oh i love that she says oh but we we can't use the d word it's not a devotional right so i yeah i, <laughs> so, I could hear you i could hear you i cannot see you but i could hear you cringe when i said that word yeah yeah so, yeah no, no it's, but, it's a reverse but, right an anti <laughs> not an anti devotional but it's, it's the it's anti devotional yeah. It sneaks up on you yeah. is what remember, it does. Remember when they were marketing 7-Up as the un-cola? Well, this is like <laughs> the, the undevotional. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I right. look, yeah. I, I don't know the ins and outs of publishing. I just write what's on my heart, what God calls me to write. Uh, but apparently devotionals have a bad reputation. I don't know. But right. so it's I, not a I, devotional. All right, let's it, get that off the table. This is the undevotional. Honestly, it is because... Um, Every just as you said, it's and 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 the, and I have to credit. Um, I just love working with Jan. We had a long discussion about do we put the exclamation mark or not? You know, it came down to that. And when I started getting uh, uh, covers from the artists, some of them, some of the covers had the exclamation mark, some of them didn't. And I said, no, we got to have the exclamation mark because look, you can't have people saying, well, Doctor G wrote his new book let creation speak no no it's like dr g wrote his new book it's let creation speak you know it's job 12 7 through 9 if if you want to learn then go and ask who go and ask the wild animals and the birds mm. the flowers and the fish and then Job that job 12 7 9 ends this way any of them the animals, the birds, the flowers of it, any of them can tell you what, what the Lord has done. In other words, let creation itself speak to you. And so each one of these short essays, a, an element of creation is speaking directly to you, whether it's the jellyfish or it's the, the mama, you know, Mexican tail bats, or it's the it's the mother trees in the forests or it's whatever you know it's the poison dart frog talking to you it's it's creation literally speaking to you in every single invitation and you can read them in any order you want that's why we didn't say day one day two right, day right. no nope. it's 100 invitations to awe and wonder because i guarantee you when you read each of these invitations, when you reach, when you read that small essay where an element of creation, whether it's a plant or an animal or a phenomenon, is speaking to you directly, 
And then there's a reflection. There's me, there's a little section where I say, okay, well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Creation speaking directly to you. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean to me? What what might it mean to you? So mm -hmm. I personalize it. And then, yes, I give a scripture that's appropriate to it. But it, the scripture doesn't lead. It's the essay that leads. It, it's something yeah. where I'm allowing you an element of creation to speak. There's a there, I tell the story, for example, because it's not just plants and animals. But I tell the story, for example, I want, this is actually one of my, my favorite ones, and, and it's titled Creating Sparks, okay? <laughs> I wrote that down. Yes, good. Yeah, yeah right? Right? Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I tell the yeah. story, and I don't want to give the whole thing away, but I'll just tease your, your listeners. There's an Australian guy, and he goes in for an, uh, a job interview, and he's wearing a woolen shirt and a nylon jacket. And then I'm not going to tell you anything more, but I, I explained that sparks proceeded to <laughs> to happen. Yeah, something, and, something went and, down. Well, that's the little story, and there's a part of creation. Why? Because electrostatics is part of God's world. It's part of God's creation. You have positive charges and negative charges. So this little short essay just gives you this lovely little story, true, true story, about this Australian guy going in for a job interview, you know, and then sparks start flying. And then in the reflection, I say, you know what? You know, sometimes we we meet people who just rub us the wrong way. Right? You know, you yep. just you're right. Whether you're you're a, a college student sharing a, a space in a dorm room, or you're going into a job and the guy and the or gal in the cubicle cubicle right next to you, they're just a pain in the neck. They just rub you the wrong way. What should you do about it? And so I use the the short essay about the Australian guy, and then I end with a verse of scripture that that talks about what happens when we when we rub each other the wrong way. How should we behave? How should we react to so anyway? Yeah. I won't say that that's my absolute favorite of the 100, but at least I think it will give your listeners right. a taste of what this is. This is really yeah. something different, and I'm well, really yeah. excited about it. So I'm going to tell you what, that one really resonated with me, <laughs> and I'm, hmm, I wonder why. But here, here's where I'm going with this, because I think, you know, even, even in this season of my life, I've been kind of pondering that whole thing about, you know, rubbing people the wrong way, and our tendency, right, is like, oh, yeah, they're a difficult person, and they rub me the wrong way, and it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes we're the ones that rub people the wrong way too. Yeah, <laughs> and it does take two to tango. But um, but I think there's something there. So that one really did. So I think that's why you brought it up because if if nothing else, I I needed yeah. to contend and, with this. So, but and yeah, that was in, And by the way, I'll just say that was invitation yeah. number eight. Mm -hmm. And I really do re look. You're going to be tempted. I guarantee you. And and yeah. plus, by the way, the book is beautiful. The artist did a just. Uh, mm -hmm. I, th I, I think I can honestly say of all the books, and I've had a lot of books published, this is the most beautiful. It's a gift book, and yeah. I would suggest get one for yourself, but get one for somebody you know who needs a little lift in life, who needs to feel a little awe and wonder in their life because they're really down in the dumps. And then get it for Christmas because it's a beautiful gift book. And it's illustrated inside and out. When they first did it and they sent me the galleys, I said, guys, you got to really illustrate the inside. The cover is drop dead beautiful. It's you know beautiful colored uh, cover. I said, but you got to decorate the inside, and they did, and they did a magnificent job. But what yeah. I want to uh, what I want to warn your listeners about is this: when you get this book, you are going to be tempted 
to binge read it. You know, it's like Lay's mm -hmm. potato chips. Mm -hmm. You yep. can't eat just one. You're going to want to eat one potato chip and they're going to, well, just one more. Just don't. Don't do that. Don't binge read this book. Mm -hmm. Really read it one a day, one every other day, one a week. Yeah. And I say that because I want the lesson of each essay to sink yes, in. Yes, okay? yes, exactly. It needs to sink in because like I said, and like you in indicated, this book is meant to transform how you see creation. And when it transforms how you see creation, how you see the natural world around you, it's going to change how you see the creator of the natural world, God himself. So this is a transformative experience, and you're going to miss out if you binge read it. So I just, look, yeah. come on, just use a little willpower, and I know you might want to cheat one day. You might need a little extra lift in life. All right, but Dr. G is saying I'm prescribing one invitation per day at the most, okay? Don't binge. Right. Yep. Yep. I, you know what? And <laughs> I will, I'll second that because yeah, I, I, I tend to, I tend to be very nonlinear. So this is a different point, but it, it, yeah. it, it, it actually speaks to what you're saying. Cause in this case that my nonlinear ways are my friend, because, you know, you can look at that list, the list of a hundred things. And like you said, because this is an undevotional, you don't have to go in order. So you say, like, Oh, I really want to hear more about surviving in utter darkness. Yes. Or what is this about the musical universe? So yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. one at a time approach, I think is, yeah, it's like that say law, right? To put it in biblical terms, you know, it's like, hey, I want to chew on this. I want to think about this. I want to give some space yeah. uh, to think about it. Maybe God has more to say to me about this. And I love your reflections. You know, this this whole so as as you know, like one of our core values here on the Isle of Misfits is to seek beauty and truth right everywhere yeah. because yes. it is everywhere it's you know you we talked earlier about how mathematics is a reflection of god's character well the yes. universe and creation is a reflection of the truth right? yeah it is and nancy amen uh my dear sister and also yes totally nonlinear. if you want to start with number uh, invitation 99 go for it i i don't it doesn't matter this is not a devotional and also it when Sorry, you know you when that? you often say creation or or think people automatically think of space you know they think of oh standing out on a on a dark night and looking up at the stars and wondering the, the beauty of this uh book is that it takes you at all levels. It takes you out to the cosmological level, but it also takes you down to the microscopic. So there's one invitation, which is actually one of my little favorites. It's about the little insects <clears throat> in the forest to carry a little backpack on on their back. And I, I, again, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but I take you across the entire spectrum of creation, and you have to understand from the tiniest insect, even from a, a bacteria, uh, or, or or even a virus all the way up to, you know, uh, uh, galaxies and clusters of galaxies and super clusters of galaxies and walls of galaxies. God is in it. God designed every bit of it right down to the carbon atom, number six, that we were talking about earlier. And mm -hmm. so this book will take you, uh, it, it's going to be a joyride through creation. 
And if you feel the need to binge, then get yourself a copy of Believing is Seen. That story, that book you can binge. I mean, that's the story yeah. of my journey from atheism to Christianity. So you could be binging that and then reading one a day or one every other day or one a week from uh, Let Creation Speak to You. Um, you know, it, I'll, I'll say back um, when I was at ABC News, I had a chance to interview uh, a senior senator from Wisconsin. Uh, uh, his name was Gaylord Nelson. I don't know if you remember him or not. But uh, I remember going to his house to interview him. His his wife was very gracious. She even served us this aged Wisconsin cheese. Well, he's the senior senator from Wisconsin, so of course oh, well, he. Oh, there you go. Right, yeah. he has the best was, cheese, and to this day, yes. <laughs> Nancy, I got to tell you, it was a prerequisite. That, oh my gosh, he he broke open the vault for that. <laughs> this was like the most aged. I don't know. It was a hundred years old cheese, but it was awesome. But anyway, the reason I interviewed him is because he is credited with founding Earth Day. Earth Day, right? Oh, okay, all right. Like, it's April 22nd every yep. year. The first yep. Earth Day was 1970, and it was because of Gaylord Nelson, and I wanted to know why. Well, the reason I'm bringing that up now is that, he, think about it, every year on April 22nd, plus or minus, we celebrate the Earth. We celebrate the life on Earth. Well, what the heck? I mean, why are we celebrating creation? We should have God Day. Because God is the one who created the earth. Right. So we're all infatuated with creation. But my book says, yeah, I want creation to speak to you, but I don't want you to end up worshiping creation. I don't want you to end up worshiping the little insects or, or the, you know, the little jellyfish, the immortal jellyfish or the mother tree or whatever mm -hmm. it is. No, we're going to take you. Yes, we're going to let creation speak to you. Yeah. But when creation yeah. speaks to you, guess what? The creator is going to speak to you that's as right. well. And right. so that's that it's just one of my I don't know, I don't want to say pet peeves that we are we here we have a day set aside to celebrate creation without recognizing the that creator. it's not an accident. Yeah. It was right. created. And so this book was is meant ultimately to celebrate not just creation, but the creator himself. Ultimately, that's what's celebrated in this book. That's right, because creation is speaking about, right? Yeah, and not just yeah. something, but about someone. And I'm I'm going to land here because I know I got to let you go because you got stuff to do today. But um, so one of my favorites, and this is where I want to land, is uh, your thing about resilience. And you know, I I won't do any spoilers there, but there was something to it because you know this earth that God created is resilient and it's not because it's in and of itself, right? It's yeah. not because the earth is created itself or is is something that we should worship it's resilient because it was designed to be resilient so i'm just going to leave it at that but i think that you know everything everything you're talking about like hey i'm i'm on board i i i'm loving this book i think it's a great gift idea and so i'm, I'm going to take you up on this and i know everyone who's listening right now i think i think they're going to want to read it too so thank you yeah and i i, I want to end with that I'll yeah. pick up what you said about resilient. Yeah. Uh, that is actually one of my favorite invitations. I'll just simply say it has something to do with the Chernobyl nuclear um, uh, reactor accident and uh, and uh, other phenomena where there appears to be just enormous devastation beyond repair. And I think God not only made the earth to be resilient, to overcome, 
Because remember, Jesus says, you will have trials and tribulations mm -hmm. in this world. Yeah. But what he doesn't end there. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He built in that resilience into the world so that we can overcome the trials and tribulations. So if anybody who's listening to your program right now is feeling like they've just been devastated by something, mm -hmm. something has devastated their lives, take heart. Because God created not just a resilient natural world, he created you you, I'm talking to you right now to mm -hmm. be resilient. So dig deep. And when you read these invitations, you will see the evidence of creator. When you read each of these invitations where some element of creation is speaking to you, you'll realize this is not an accident speaking to you. This is a created thing. This was created by God himself. And in that, in those conversations that creation has with you in this book, you will you will feel that same resilience and it will help you overcome whatever has devastated you right now. And suddenly, little by little, invitation by invitation, you will begin to be filled with awe and wonder. That's my promise to you. So good. So good. So I hope you who are listening right now are taking this personally because this is, it's about you, right? And that's the, that's the good news, right? We're in this story. It is about us. Our lives do matter, but there's a bigger story. So it's not all up to us. It's not all about us, but we get to be in this story uh, of our creator. So Dr. G. Thank you. Thank you for just joining us today and being so generous with your time. Uh, I, I can't wait to speak to you again. Well, Nancy, thank you for being who you are. You are absolute joy. It's an honor. Thank you for having me on the show. And God bless every single one of your listeners. Thank you. God bless you too. So if you're listening right now, that probably means you've listened to the whole podcast, right? Unless, of course, you're one of these nonlinear types, which that phrase won't make much sense to you until you go back and listen and then meet us back here because my point is this. You don't need me to tell you if you have listened to Dr. G speak for more than five seconds. What an incredible honor it is to have him here. So just here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Go to his website. Just check out his bio, michaelgillen.com, G-U-I-L-L-E-N.com. Check him out on social, Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Michael Gillen, PhD. Worth following. And of course, you want to get the book. Let creation speak with an exclamation mark. Uh, great gift idea, right? The holidays are coming, but it's good any time of the year, anytime you're listening to this. You know, hey, I'm just going to say, since Dr. G has unashamedly joined us and identifies with us here on the Isle of Misfits, I want to invite you to join our Misfit community by subscribing to these podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening, subscribe. You can follow us on the isleofmisfits.com, I-S-L-E of misfits.com. You can even give us a few stars, a little love, right? And the reviews, because that helps too. But most of all, you can join us by owning your awkward, loving your fellow misfit, and seeking beauty and truth everywhere, because that truly is our mission. So until next time.